You're listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. We offer ideas to make your tabletop role-playing games even better. The Helpful NPCs podcast is not safe for work. Our immaturity is matched only by our vulgarity. You can check us out at helpfulnpcs.com or contact us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. Welcome to chapter six of the Helpful NPCs podcast, The Malignment of Alignment, in which we discuss the concept of alignment, one of the most controversial issues in tabletop role-playing games. In part one, we're going to discuss the concept in general and go over why it is so controversial. In part two, we're going to discuss how you should run alignment as a game master. And in part three, we're going to discuss how to play alignment as a player. It appears Tom has a joke he wants to make, so go ahead, babe. How fucking smug are you about that malignment of alignment shit? Like, I gotta know, I, how much babe. time did you spend on that? And how smug are you about your little, little, little rhyme there? I'm smug because I came up with a rhyme? Yes. No. How proud of yourself. You're really sniffing your own farts about malignment of alignment. Let me be fair. I'm prouder of this than I am of anything you've ever done. So uh-huh. Now, this podcast is going to pertain to Dungeons & Dragons. If you have any other role-playing games you wish to have us discuss, we're always happy to discuss them with you. Um, specifically, Savage Worlds. Go ahead and email us to let us know. But part one, why alignment? The most hotly and commonly debated tabletop topic of the gaming community. Can my good aligned cleric really torture this bugbear? Is the evil lich allowed to hug this puppy? And what makes a man turn neutral? Let's go over what alignment means. I have a little summary here from the current uh, open system reference document for the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. I think you mean the 5th edition of the greatest role-playing game of all time. No, Savage Worlds doesn't have a 5th edition. Oh. Oh. Summary. A typical creature in the game world has an alignment, which broadly describes its moral and personal attitudes. Alignment is a combination of two factors. One identifies morality, good, evil, or neutral. The other describes attitudes towards society and order, lawful, chaotic, or neutral. Thus, nine alignments define the possible combinations. I imagine Mike Merle's writing out, <laughs> like a fifth grader, what alignment means to me. Webster's Dictionary defines alignment as... Chaotic means this. <laughs> that is what that is. So basically... There are two axes that you must define your character along, assuming you guys are playing with alignment, which this podcast is assuming. One is good versus evil, so good and evil uh, on each side, neutral in the middle. The other is law versus chaos, law on one side, chaos on the other side, neutral in the middle. And then sort of alignments to fill out that little chart. So you have true neutral in the very middle, which... People take to mean you don't give a fuck about anything, which we're going to get into is not really fair. It's actually chaotic if you don't give a fuck about anything. Oh, that's fair. You can give a fuck about some things, but just not too many things. I don't think you're allowed to give a fuck about anything if you're true neutral. That's that's the common parlance now, right? Mm. The trouble with alignment. Jake hates it, and I think it is misunderstood. Tom is a tool. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That says Tom thinks it's a tool. I can see how that would be an easy mistake to make. So why do you hate alignment so much, Jake? Yes, every fiber of my being hates every alignment. Every fiber. 
No, I just think, I think nobody, and this kind of kind of goes along with what you are going to say about it, Ryan. Okay. Nobody really knows how to do it right. No, they don't. And so every time they do it, they do it horribly and it, it it's just bad. So mm-hmm. my problem with alignment is people take it to mean like my character is lawful good. So literally everything I do has to be by the laws of whatever land I'm in and has to be good. You may not do a bad thing and you may not break a law. No, you you have to do everything by the book, even when it hurts your character and the party. Which sometimes, to be fair, doing things by the it, book when it hurts your character and your party can be a step yeah, for role so playing. Like doing it sometimes is interesting. Doing it all the time is annoying. Yeah, and it gets it even is. worse with chaotic mm-hmm. uh, aligned players or characters, rather. The players who are like, <clears throat> oh, well, my character's chaotic, so I'm going to do something really illogical or dumb or uh, suboptimal, or even I'm even going to let the roll of the dice decide my character's actions every single time I have to do something. The word you're looking for is random. Nope. Yes. What you are looking for is chaotic stupid. Yes. So I find that more, a lot, not most players, a lot of players <clears throat> look at alignment and think these two words that are on my character sheet are definitive of all my actions in the whole game. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with evil. Well, I'm completely unable to follow any sort of pattern without looking for a way to torture and murder everyone around me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm evil, so I can't see how helping someone would in any way, you know, be helpful for me. Or I'm like literally incapable of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good people have selfish thoughts and actions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like... Those things exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've mentioned to me before that you think there are some alternatives that are better. Do you have any off the top of your head? I know I didn't ask you to prepare it, but do you have anything that you're like, yeah, I'd rather see this than alignment? Um, so they're not necessarily specific to any one system, but I think in general, instead of viewing your character as being aligned in a certain way, you should view them as wanting to achieve certain Uh, you can almost say like ethical values, right? Mm -hmm. Like if your character is generally wants to be honest, they may not always tell the truth, but your overall direction the character is going should be towards that. And generally what some systems have done is kind of encapsulated this in like a pathway that you can like uh, in the world of the darkness system, they have pathways or Mm -hmm. want from one to 10 where if you sub- if your character subscribes to this philosophy, this idea of like this top end of this pathway is what a character is what my character wants to get to, mm-hmm. then if you take actions that put you along that pathway, you you go up. If you take actions that are against that pathway, you go down. And there might may or may not be mechanical uh, in-game benefits or hindrances to that, but there's like a goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's also that that slide. One of the things I remember from, I'm going to say the first version of Vampire, but I don't know because I'm not a big vampire player, but one of the things I remember is that sort of circling the drain as time goes on, as you get eviler and eviler. And that's a big part of Urban Shadows, isn't it? Yeah, so it's generally those are set up so that the more corrupting, uh, more morally 
ambiguous or we would say evil choices are easier the or they give you a bigger slope. benefit yeah yeah so it just becomes easier and easier to do that so i'm gonna pop in i was gonna actually say the i've never really played world of darkness but i know the new world of darkness had the fairly rudimentary vice virtue system yep. seven virtues and seven vices and you had like one of each yep mm -hmm. so that's one way to do it eh, not my favorite but it's okay but it, even interesting in that though was the vice gave you less of a reward i think you got one willpower point in that system but it was way easier to do the virtue was a lot harder to actually achieve mm -hmm. but you got all your willpower back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was also going to suggest uh, an alternative to alignment uh, that doesn't really cover good evil specifically, but is like in uh, Mouse Guard, you have your nature, which when you you get bonuses when you act in accordance with your nature. Mm -hmm. But if you rely on that too much, you end up becoming less like that. Really? Yes. So you can either, and the idea is if you become, if your nature score gets too high or too low, basically your character's done for. And really? So if you try to be good, 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 you become like a good fascist or a good like crusader or something like well, that? Well, it's in Mouse Guard, it's specifically you get either too mousy I believe uh, this is from my recollection. You become too mousy and lose your humanity because it's, you know, your humanoid mice in like a red wall setting. Okay. And or if you go too far down, you become like an outcast. You can't integrate with the rest of the mice. I see. Interesting. Yeah. So in Burning Wheel has a much cooler version of this, I think, where you've got these emotional attributes. So it's like dwarves have greed. So if their greed ever gets too high, they like mm, end up locking yeah. themselves in like a in a vault with all their possessions until they starve to death. That sort of racial essentialism is not in vogue mm. these days, though. <laughs> That's true. That's very racist. Mm. I believe the elves had grief, and the dark elves, which is very verboten now, had hate. If spite I'm correct, or spite. Has hate. What's the difference between spite and hate? Spite is one is spelled by dark elves, one is spelled <laughs> by orcs. Orcs hate everything. Dark elves are elves whose grief has overcome them, and they become mean. Yes, that sounds fun as shit. I'd rather be one of those. Right. Racism. Mm -hmm. Now, as mentioned, I think that alignment is a tool. It's just often misused, as they say, when everything, when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Okay. I think alignment serves a purpose. It was a rudimentary social contract kind of mechanic. Talk to us about what alignment used to be and how it came into the old edition of the game. Alignment originally started in OD&D. Um, and it was based on uh, primarily on two main things. It's a book called Three Hearts and Three Lions by Paul Anderson. Don't know if I'm saying his first name right. P-O-U-L. And Michael Moorcock stuff, which is, <laughs> yes, Michael Moorcock, who wrote the <laughs> Elric of Melnibone series, along with some other stuff, but that's his most famous works. In OD&D, there was only law and chaos, no good and evil. And the idea was that these were different factions. Now, what should be noted is that chaos is not evil and law is not good, but lawful creatures tend towards good, chaotic creatures trend towards evil. 
Um, but chaos is more fully understood as entropy. It, uh, according to the three hearts and three lions, quote, it seeks to restore some primeval state where anything could happen. It's basically constantly changing. Whereas law, of course, seeks order and stability. And the idea being that if any of these two get their way entirely, uh, you know, it's just not good for the universe as a whole. And so it should be noted, if I'm understanding correctly, absolute order might mean peace, but it doesn't necessarily mean good. Like, an evil dictatorship might have peace just because people are afraid to act out. Is that sort of a correct understanding there? That is correct, but it's more about stagnation. Yeah, it's like ultimate <laughs> ultimate order would be a place in which there are no people. <laughs> it's just everything is like a, a mechanism that runs perfectly from now until eternity, and there's no free thought or will or people or anything. An ultimate chaos would just be like a big acid trip of constantly changing colors and sights and sounds. So, interestingly, um, this then brings in the neutral alignment, which is... The balance between the two, which makes more sense. It's not just the stupid, um, you know, the true neutral druid help or helps kill some orphans so the necromancer can raise them from the dead and helps the paladin slay them. He's specifically trying to keep the uh, balance between law and chaos. It, it really does make a lot more sense neutral as a concept when you're just talking about a single axis, not two. So beautiful, so neutral. And one of the cool things about OD&D that that reinforced this idea of, like, factions, Mm -hmm. characters all had alignment languages. So if you were lawful, you spoke lawful. And it was super cool because uh, monsters had an alignment and thus an alignment language. So you were basically, like, if you were... uh, Elves, I want to say, were tended to be lawful. So, like, you might not... The chances are the elves that you're going to encounter, they aren't going to actually speak common, but you can communicate with them via lawful. So you're, like, all playing on the same team and have a special code language. So if you were a chaos person, you might be able to talk to fey, for example, or demons. And if you're lawful, you might be able to talk to devils who want to, like... Make contracts to take your soul. Yep. And, uh, I mean, of course, in general, the lawful creatures, again, tended to be tended to be what people associate with good guys like unicorns, where, you know, the they originally had Balrogs in the system and they were chaotic. That was before the Tolkien estate went after them. Now, one of the things that is, is important to note about this that you talked to me about was neutral is not not just balance or not just I don't care, which is what it means today. So today, if you're neutral good, it means you don't really care about law and order. Neutral in this system under three factions meant it's its own thing. It is a faction. You made a choice to be neutral. Um, one of the things you had mentioned to me is thieves were always neutral in the older editions of D&D. And it was a specific note in the Holmes edition. Uh, I'm sorry, yes, the specific edition. Yes, that they were neutral and then could not be trusted. And so 
You had also mentioned your alignment was not always public knowledge, so it almost had, and we don't really recommend that you do this today because it doesn't tend to play very well, but almost had a whodunit element, like, oh, we might have a bloody neutral in our party who might steal from us. Exactly. So lawful characters where it was stated unequivocally in the rules that they would announce their lawfulness to everyone as part of that, but... Such a note was not given to the neutral and chaotic characters. A heart filled with neutrality. I'm going to keep referencing that Futurama, by the way. Anyway, so then, of course, uh, it was shortly thereafter alignment was expanded to include good and evil, which then later became the nine point system we're all fond of. So, and I don't mind the nine-point system, but I'd actually argue the older system was a little bit better because it gave you role-playing steps. So, if I'm understanding this correctly, again, we talked about this a little bit ago, it did talk about, but not dictate, personal behavior and morals. I know it was more about what side you're on, but my understanding is it did not really dictate your behavior the way people seem to think it does today. Uh, no, not in that same way. You... The roots of the game were a war game, so it was basically you're on the lawful team against the chaotic team. Yes, and I think the whodunit element would actually be kind of fun to do in a game, but board games have changed since then, and like we have whodunit board games, so really not the best for role-playing games, I don't think. But still a really fun idea compared to the way we use alignment today. And there's also some uh, mechanical parts that got attached to this, so like protection from good protection from evil Mm -hmm. protection from lawful like there were literally spells and abilities written that only affected certain parts of the alignment axes so it it became tied in not only with the role playing but with the rules and paladins used to be able to detect evil Mm -hmm. um, the way they don't now now it should be noted so we have that sort of array of like you know three versus three for alignment today and we had it in three five fourth edition tried to make it a spectrum is that correct there were five alignments in fourth edition lawful good good neutral evil chaotic evil so like lawful good was gooder than regular good but like you couldn't be lawful evil good was like i think kind of the default yeah i mean it, it usually it was is. like the average person was good lawful good was like I'm going to go out of my way and make it my life's mission to be good. So I hate to be this person. I try not to do this too much on this podcast, but that was a huge failing to try to do alignment that way. That was absolutely abysmal. The worst of all of them. I mean, fourth edition in general did most things badly. They tried to do some things. They introduced some of the stuff we like in 5e. For trying to innovate, but the fact is all of their innovations ultimately failed. Innovation is not inherently good. Well, you see all sorts of their innovations in FIP. You do. You see some good ones, but align- their use of alignment was a failure. No, it was, I mean, it didn't really even have any mechanics attached, but no. yeah, it was not good. Unfortunately, it doesn't have many mechanics attached today, which is something we'll talk about in part two of this. You know, when we talk about how to GM alignment, it's kind of missing that involvement with the game world that it used to have. Like, so Jake talked about how you used to have spells that affected it, like protection from good or the paladins detect evil ability, which I really miss. I forget what they have now, but it really doesn't work the same. I think it's like detects whatever is opposed it's, to their order or something. It like fiends and undead and like a few other like different monster types. All right. So in part two, we're going to discuss the 
ways that we think that you should run alignment with some options to view alignment in your game that might make it a little bit better. And in part three, we're going to talk about how to role play alignment so it's not disruptive and shitty in your games. Thank you for listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. For more content, check us out at HelpfulNPCs.com. If you have any feedback or requests for topics, you can reach us at info at helpfulnpcs.com.